The point isn't the witch hunt. The point is the gospel. Popular level media portrays Christians as focused on the witch hunt kind of thing. When we read the scriptures, our apostles, the people that we learn from in these scriptures, who are focused on God. Welcome to Apologetic Simplified, a podcast about Christianity, theology, and culture. Hit subscribe to be notified of each new episode. And now, here's your hosts, Leah Chapman and Andrew Foster. Welcome to another episode of Apologetic Simplified. We are so glad that you're able to tune in and listen to us talk about things. Or at least try to listen. If you're like me and your ears are clogged up, then, you know, just turn up the volume. You'll be okay. Yes, uh, Leah's feeling a little under the weather and I'm getting back from feeling under the weather. And interesting phrase, you know, under the weather. I mean, in some ways, like we're always under the weather, but we're also kind of in the middle of the weather. I do feel a little oppressed by the weather because I think part of my problem is pollen, which is weather related kind of. Yeah, I think what I had was, you know, the sudden temperature change kind of got me. Oh, yeah, that gets me too. But yeah, uh, yeah, I I think I had what a pediatrician's office called daycareitis from Ellie. And then we got allergies. And so my body is just like, just to be safe, we're just going to make obnoxious amounts of mucus to, you know, help. I'm like, can you not? I'm helping. <laughs> just wish I had some kind of magic potion to help me get over this. And you're just like, you know, <laughs> okay, I see. <laughs> Magic potion like Mucinex. And you're like, huh, I need to get rid of this mucus. Mucus, Mucinex. Blowing my nose. And the body's like, what's that? More mucus? <laughs> okay. But yes, uh, magic potion could be nice. Hey, that brings us to the topic today. <laughs> today we'll be talking about the hokey pokey. Will you turn yourself around? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you get involved in any of this stuff, you need to turn yourself around. Yeah. We're actually talking about the new movie, much anticipated after almost 30 years. Hocus Pocus 2. Ooh. <laughs> so, yes, if you didn't know, it's uh, it's come out. It's on Disney+. Plus. It's uh, quite entertaining, but we're going to be talking about some things in it, specifically uh, witchcraft, portrayal of Christians, and you know some things about discernment and engagement conversations that you can have. So let's get into it. First, uh, talking about the movie, we're going to share some things we liked, some things we didn't like so much. Oh, you've probably picked up from previous Halloween episodes, um, although I think there's only been one. I'm not a Halloween person, and so my singular Halloween tradition is to watch Hocus Pocus. Um, my mom showed it to me when I was a kid, and now I watch it every year. Um, and, and so I loved it. And so I was excited for the second movie to come out. Um and I I enjoyed the and obviously this is gonna be full of spoilers. I enjoyed the backstory on our main three witches and um, the actress that they picked out for. Um, oh my gosh, I just forgot the lead witch's name. I tell you, my brain just full of snot. Anyway, for her um, <laughs> was just perfect. Um, and so I really I really enjoyed that bit and yeah, getting their backstory. I thought the three new main characters were really were really sweet and fun. Um, but of course, then they are also talking about covens, which people are saying <laughs> makes this movie a little more um, intense occult wise. And we're going to talk about that. Um, I I enjoyed poor, sweet, the Billy. 
<laughs> and yeah. his true backstory. And it's also implied that because you know in the first movie he was like resurrected as a zombie, and then I think at the end he just like went and laid down in his grave, but he like never was actually you know sent back to death. So it's implied he was just kind of chilling there for thirty years. Oh, poor guy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I actually thought this movie had a really sweet ending. Um, you know she didn't read the warning label mm-hmm. before she did this power spell. Um, but then in the end, unlike Thanos, <laughs> she loved her family. Um, she might be a terrible person who eats children, but she loves her sisters. Um, and when she found a way to be with them, even if it meant basically her demise and again, again, um, she was willing to do it to be with her sister. I actually thought that was really mm-hmm. sweet. So I thought yeah, it was a sweet. I, I did find it interesting that you know the power spell and the soul stone have the same warning. Yeah. I feel like they should have just gone full blown with the Marvel crossover. Like at the beginning of the prologue, they were kind of recruited by another witch, like that witch had been played by Elizabeth Olsen. You know, they'd just be full, <laughs> full blown Marvel crossover. I feel like I feel like Scarlet Witch doesn't eat children, though. No, no, she she doesn't. No, no. <laughs> have you seen Doctor Strange? No. Okay. Well, she doesn't eat children, but. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's good. But she is much more witch-like in that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I I really I enjoyed it. Definitely was more um had more occult themes and so I get some of the concern mm-hmm. that people have and we're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But as just a movie, mm-hmm. just to watch it, a story, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I also liked it, you know, it had what I think was kind of the more memorable parts of the original one, and that's you know, these witches from old Salem suddenly being in our modern world and being amazed by all the, you know, magic around not understanding the technology or like anything like this the whole thing with there's this whole sequence where they go to walgreens that was amazing. and they're amazed by the automatic door yes it grants you entrance and they're uh they're in the beauty aisle drinking all the potions which i feel like you know that might that could have just stopped it because they would have just drunk all this stuff and just like passed out or something yeah, I was wondering if they would like die from eating cosmetics, but I guess that comes with being a witch. It's, it's, it's not much of a problem. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of our thoughts on the movie. So we're going to get into some real history, or at least uh, as much as we were able to research in a rather limited amount of time. Yeah. So my first thing when it comes to watching movies like Hocus Pocus or even reading uh, the Crucible, which reminded both of us of, of reading that. Um, popular literature uh, very rarely gives an accurate representation of the church. And so in their backstory, I know it's shocking. We see these like one dimensional characters that are just like mean and like rad and whatever. And um, there's just frankly, when we're talking about what was true, what was real, what, how did the church actually respond? There's just too much legend surrounding the Salem witch trials to get an idea of what was really going on just from a cursory glance online, which I tried to do. I, I did a good bit of research trying to figure out like what really happened. And there was just too much legend. Um, there's There are, you could go back and read some of the sermons of the people from that time. That would probably be enlightening, but I didn't have time to do that. Um, I have another thing to add. Okay. So along the side, yeah, and kind of their backstory, you know, what sort of drove them to witchcraft was, you know, being condemned by the people of Salem, in particular the minister. And then uh, later on, when they're in the modern, they meet the minister's descendant, who's the mayor. And for anyone who has watched Arrested Development, you'll understand what I mean when I say this. Who thought it was a good idea to elect Buster Bluth as mayor? 
I have no idea. Yes, you haven't. You haven't seen it. <laughs> you might like it. I mean, it's kind of stupid, but okay. it's very entertaining. Okay. Yeah. Aside okay. over. Okay. Well, there's just there's just so much legend around it. Um, there you certainly can dig in and, and get a better idea, but there's a lot of legend around it. So be careful letting movies and other popular level literature influence your view of the church because uh people love to make uh people love controversy and especially when it makes the church look bad. I don't know why. I even see Christians doing this. Um, we just have a thing about like the church doing bad things. I don't, I don't know why as a culture, it's kind of dumb. So, but just don't let movies like this influence your perspective on what the church is, what it has been, and really truly what it's supposed to be and what scripture um, teaches us that the church is supposed to be. So what we're going to be looking at today is how the scriptures exemplify how to handle witchcraft, demon possession, that kind of stuff through the lives of the apostles versus how the Puritans are conveyed in the movie. We're going to stick to the popular level, but again, was that really how it was? Maybe not, but we'll look at that popular level versus what the apostles lived out. Um, We'll learn how to discern if a movie like this is appropriate for you to watch and how to think through it or have conversations with your kids about witchcraft versus Christianity. And in the end, we'll see that God is bigger than witchcraft or demons and that our job as Christians is to focus on what God is doing, not on our fears and these kinds of things that surround us. We're supposed to be focusing on God and we'll we'll have um, some discussion about spiritual warfare in doing so too. So talking about this movie, um, it does have a very Wiccan-like vibe to it. I mean, the girls, the three main girls, the new ones are portrayed as being in a coven. Um, They talk about that. I think they think it's just kind of like some friendship bonding thing until they light the the black flame candle and then suddenly everything becomes real. Um, But I think a lot of people see it that way as, oh, it's just something kind of fun to do. But like, do we get a sick musical number? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I did like the musical I also numbers. love how you know, they've just been resurrected again. What do they immediately do? Musical number. Obviously, that's why they're so cool. And so these girls probably thought this wasn't anything until, yeah, Black Flame Candle and then scary, amazing musical number uh, comes up with these, uh, the, the Sanderson sisters. Um, and, and I want to recognize that Wicca is growing in popularity, I think largely because it seems to elevate women so much. Um, If you want to learn more about Wicca, you can read this great Mama Bear Apologetics article about it that I'll link in the show notes. They do a really good job of explaining what it is and what it isn't um, and kind of take some of the, uh, I guess, some of the mystery out of it where it just takes some of the hoax pocus out of it Um, and get an idea of what it it really is. Um, And one of the reasons that it's growing in popularity, like I said, is because it seems to elevate women and that's why girls are so attracted to it. Um, But just as a note here, when we read the Bible in context, we also see that God and the leaders of God's people elevate women too. Uh, We've talked about this before on our episode entitled What the Bible Has to Say About Women. So if you want to learn more, you can uh, go listen to that. But it takes some nuance more than just reading things on a popular level to be able to to see that sometimes. Um, But we see people like Deborah leading um, God's people. Um, we see many people mentioned in the new Testament, many women mentioned in the new Testament who are probably church leaders. So like when we read it in context, we do see women being elevated, um, uh, before God and really just being equal, 
um, with men. So that's just a note about that. But that is one of the reasons that Wicca seems to be growing in popularity. So it does portray these Wiccan elements, kind of occult elements. Um, And so what I want us to remember is that this is a fantasy show, but it does portray real things that people do. And I think it's helpful to separate the fact that this is a movie. And so I personally, I can appreciate it as a movie on its own, but I do recognize it portrays real things that people do. And it could become a temptation for someone who thinks, okay, this looks kind of cool. I want to come in kind of thing. And so I think it's important for us to remember the reasons that we as Christians do not participate in Wicca, um, largely because it goes against what we believe. We don't practice other religions because they go against what we believe. We've done a world religion study before where we compared Christianity with other religions and we showed that the things that they believe um, and the way they live out their faith are so different from Christianity that you can't you can't just mix them together and make something new. They're they're completely different religions. So bottom line being we don't participate in Wicca because it goes against what we believe. Uh, but then beyond that, because the Bible throughout scripture uh, it condemns witchcraft. Um, Some of those are because it involved child sacrifice, which is obviously terrible, but also because it tends to summon other spiritual forces like demons, which are against God. Anytime you're talking with spiritual forces that are not God, generally that means you are dealing with evil forces and that's not something we need to be doing. Um, And then another reason not to participate in Wicca is because it doesn't place your trust in God. As Christians, we trust in God for everything for our salvation, for our, our very life. And so when we're looking to other spiritual forces, give us direction or whatever, we're not placing our trust in God. We're placing our trust in other created things who rebelled from God. So why don't we practice Wicca? Because it's not a religion for one thing, um, because we should not be summoning other spiritual forces and because doing so would not place our trust in God. And this gets us into a spiritual warfare, which is a very real thing but again you know we need to have that trust remember that we have a god who is far bigger than the boogeyman <laughs> and a you know great passage for this is ephesians 6 verses 10 through 17 uh the armor of god uh i'll read that for you right now uh, this is from the niv finally be strong in the lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of god so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. And then it lists the parts of the armor in verses 14 through 17. I'm sure you've heard it. It's always good to read again. So one of the things that stands out to me when I read this is we're talking about putting on the full armor of God to stand against the schemes of the devil. And again, this popular level view of how Christianity was portrayed in the Puritans in this time is that, oh yeah, they were definitely fighting the schemes of the devil. That That's why they had the Salem witch trials. That's why they had the... Um, that's why they executed people for supposedly being witches. But when we read again, we read this in context. Um, we see that very next first for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. It's a different translation. But um, so whereas the Puritans supposedly were fighting against people who supposedly were practicing witchcraft. Um, What this verse is really telling us to do is to focus on God, armor yourselves with um, 
the full armor of God, which is described here, um, and, and focus on him and remember that our fight isn't really against people, but against something, against something more, um, uh, against other spiritual forces. And we need to remember that even as we, um, uh, do spiritual warfare that it's not really about people it's about um other spiritual forces that are evil and with spiritual warfare i know a lot of people when they first learn about it you get uh, deep in studying it's certainly a good thing to study but we can get kind of caught up in fear but what we've said several times already on this episode is do we need to be afraid no god is bigger than the boogeyman he's bigger than <laughs> all the demonic forces bigger than the devil uh, if you feel afraid pray god will be with you i think that's something so important to remember is you know there's all this stuff it's scary but god mm-hmm. uh, of course um as we've talked about whenever we've dealt with anything involving uh witchcraft and popular culture we may have some different convictions different backgrounds some might be more susceptible to wanting to fall into this sort of thing so again if you feel uncomfortable watching something like this or showing these kinds of things to your family, then don't. Uh, Follow where you feel God leading you with these things and your family. If you have a history of anything, you know, a cult or astrology, uh, this could stir up old feelings and temptations to uh, re-engage. So for you, yeah, you should stay away from something like this. Yeah. So use discernment. Um, Like I said, I've already recognized this is is a little more cult than um, the first movie. And really, I think everyone's just used to the first movie. And then the second one through in the word coven. And then it just felt a little more real, but I I get it. Um, So that's a little bit of a brief back and forth between um, like witchcraft, specifically kind of looking at Wicca versus what Christianity, uh, what we believe about spiritual forces and why we shouldn't engage with it. But let's look at um, the New Testament and we're going to see how the apostles handled witchcraft as they were going about spreading the gospel Uh, throughout the Roman Empire. So we're going to be looking in the book of Acts um, and starting, I'm not going to read it, but uh, it's Acts 8, starting in verse 9, describes Simon the Sorcerer. Actually, I am going to read it. Just kidding. Simon the Um, Sorcerer. It's a very, very Disney name. Yeah, it does seem like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we have um, Philip and Peter, who are two apostles, and they are in Samaria, and they are preaching the gospel. And starting in verse 9 of Acts 8, it says, Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. He was full of himself. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with the sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. So, he, Simon had been doing the sorcery. People thought he was just hot stuff and really just impressive. And so they followed him. Philip came around. God got their hearts with the gospel. They all converted, including Simon, the sorcerer, but it took Simon a second to kind of figure out what was going on. Cause he was still obsessed with just the signs and the miracles. That's really what his focus was on, which makes sense considering his history. Um, and he tries to give, uh, Peter money 
to have let him have these powers. And Peter says, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Okay, right now. But then repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you and have such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me that nothing you said may happen to me. And so we see a story of somebody who was in sorcery doing witchcraft, but God got a hold of their heart. It took him a minute because he was still obsessed with like the signs and the miracles. But then Peter scolded him, (laughs) corrected him, um, but then also gave him the opportunity to repent. So what this shows me, and I hope you too, is that if you have ever practiced this or you know someone who has, there's, there's still hope everyone still has hope, um, to, to be saved. Um, just cause you're practicing witchcraft, which yes, the Bible condemns Bible condemns all sin. <laughs> um, doesn't mean that you're too far gone. Um, and it might take you a minute to kind of figure out how to do this Christian thing like it did for Simon. But what we see here is that Peter wasn't Peter and Philip weren't focused on taking down the sorcerer they were focused on spreading the gospel. And in doing so, they actually converted him, Um, not condemning him to death, but converting him um, to also be a Christian who is proclaiming the truth of the gospel. I also like how Peter's just direct. (laughs) He he ain't got no time for this. (laughs) Just imagining him like as a pastor in a a modern church. I think, you know, the... uh worship leader probs podcast and they have the section called prayer concerns which is you know when people use like a prayer concern section on a connection card or comments they say to you know their own suggestion box yeah (laughs) it's like imagine how he he would deal with that sort of stuff so we also have the apostle paul um, and we're going to be reading from acts 16 starting in verse 16 once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. First of all, I've always found this a little perplexing that, you know, this girl is demon possessed. And what is the demon doing? It's like telling everybody that about Paul and Silas and their message and the power of salvation. I, I feel like, you know, it was cast out and then, you know, went to hell or something in the hell HR office. And they're like, now, w- when you possess someone, you're supposed to be like working against these Christian people. Don't, don't, you're not supposed to be their hype man. <laughs> it is interesting though because we see that during the life of jesus too where all these demon possessed people are like it's the son of god and jesus is like shut, <laughs> shut up no one's supposed to know that yet it's almost like they can't help it mm-hmm. it's fascinating um especially when we remember that as christians we have the holy spirit living in us as so god is always with us and that's something that's important if you run into any of these situations god is always with you and it seems like these demons fear him um, and then it says when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone they seized paul and silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities they brought them before the magistrates and said these men are jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us romans to accept or practice right and so it's just like 
they're just mad. They're just mad because they made uh, that they took away their way to make money. Um, But what I find fascinating about Paul and Silas here is his focus was not about going in to the city and even taking away the demon from this girl. I mean, I think that would be a good reason to do it, but, but that wasn't his focus. His focus wasn't on ending um, their money-making scheme on this girl. His focus was on spreading the gospel, but in doing so, this demon kept annoying him so much that he was like, my goodness, go away. Like, um, like we, we, we're trying to get some stuff done here. Um, and then when, when he did finally cast it out, it caused them more problems. And so his focus again was not on ridding the world of evil, but was about spreading the gospel. And so what I think we can learn from this is it's not about, um, witch hunts. <laughs> it's not about hunting down the latest form of evil and, trying to to end it now of course we want evil to be over of course we don't want people possessed by demons of course we don't want people abusing kids by um making money off their affliction like of course those things are bad but the point is that the witch hunt the point is the gospel and i think while again popular level media portrays christians as focused on the witch hunt kind of thing when we read the scriptures which is what God intends for us to follow, not this popular level media, scriptures um, of what God wants us to do. We see our apostles, the people that we learn from in these scriptures who are focused on God. Um, They're not focused on the witch hunt. And so Christians are not what is portrayed in in Hocus Pocus 2. And that's not how we're supposed to live. And we aren't people who are focused on fear. We are people who are focused on God and what God is doing. Because God is bigger than the boogeyman. God is bigger than all evil forces, all demons. God is bigger than all of them. And obviously they're terrified of him because every time he shows up, they're like, oh no, here's God. He's right here. He's right here. Oh no. And then, yeah, they end up in demon HR. So uh, <laughs> for proclaiming the wrong message, but focus, focus on God. That's really what I think these passages are teaching us. So yeah, to wrap it up, just want to echo that. And uh, whatever we're doing, we need to be focusing on the good, focusing on what God is doing. And we see that in scriptures uh philippians 4 13 no just kidding philippians <laughs> 4 4 through 9 uh which says rejoice in the lord always i will say it again rejoice let your gentleness be evident to all the lord is near do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So right there in the scripture. Uh, Yes, evil is real, darkness, witchcraft, it's real stuff. Uh, but we need to focus on the good, uh, focus on what God is doing. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode, uh, got some insights. And, uh, you know, as we've said, uh, of course, there were those situations where it would be best for you to avoid a movie like this. Uh, in other cases, I mean, it's good. It's good entertainment. Uh, just have your discernment with you. Remember that what we do here, we're able to do 
because of the support of our patrons on Patreon. We're doing a few more, few new things with the Patreon perks now. For example, our previous episode, what was published in the free version, was actually a shortened version. Our patrons will have access to the full thing. So we'll be doing a few more of those, including some deleted scenes. We'll also be doing a monthly live stream. The giving levels start at $3 a month at patreon.com slash Leah D. Chapman. Thank you so much for listening and God bless. Apologetic Simplified is a part of Leah Chapman Ministry Productions. To learn more, go to www.leahchapman.org. And thanks for listening.